Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 30 of Jordan Drew, the Sports Crew. Episode 30, we've got a lot to talk about, not only in this episode, but all of the content we have been putting out lately. I am Jordan Lorenz, joined alongside the one and only Drew Skyberg. Drew, let's waste no time. Let's go right into our shout out of the week. You're going to give it away this week. Shout out of the week goes to Brett Damro, head coach of the Howard's Grove girls volleyball team. We actually are going to have Brett on this Friday. I did an interview with him one-on-one. It was recorded last last week, and it was it was a phenomenal interview. Um, I'm just a, I was a big fan of what Brett had to say. He was just such a great interview. I, he had all the right answers. Such a great head coach. I, he went even into his like philosophies about how he believes a team should be run, and it was just some great stuff to hear. And this guy, 15 years of coaching, 500 wins in volleyball. He's just got an absolute dynasty there at Howard's Grove. He's doing some club stuff too. As well, he's working up in Green Bay for a club volleyball team. He, he does some stuff up there. And they also, Damro training, it's a volleyball training thing that he actually recently launched. I think it's called that. I'm not exactly sure, but you can always check that out as well. So with that being said, yeah, Brett Damro, shout out of the week. Um, hats off to him for coming on the show. It was just great episode, 25, 30 minute episode. That'll be coming your way. Some good stuff. I, yeah, I was very sad I missed it. However, it's one of those things we didn't want to have to reschedule like five times and I was working when it was recorded. So I said, you know what, Drew, just go ahead and do it. You've been interviewing left and right lately, gaining experience, doing some big things. So let's talk about what we've all had last week. UFC recap, episode 29, and then we had our interview with NASCAR correspondent, I like to call him, Andrew Curlin. So that was all last week. This week, episode 30. Episode two of Drew's College Athlete Spotlight with Spencer Strike, and then Friday, Brett Damro. So in honor of our 30th episode being today, Drew, we've put out six episodes in the last two weeks. This is insane. Yeah, this is awesome. During the school year, both of us are busy. You're working, doing school. I got the I got club and organization meetings, and I got school as well, of course. So it's been great being able to put out all this great content for our fans. And plus, you know, T-shirts, you know, I'll be, I'll be back this Saturday delivering shirts to the fans as well. It's exciting times. I mean, the t-shirts are here. We're talking about maybe a potential winter release of something coming up. So a little teaser right there. But yeah, like you said, I've been busy lately too. Finally, next weekend, it's like I'm relaxed. I have one weekend off and then I'm right back at it again. I've got hockey both Saturday and Sunday the week after. Yesterday announced UWGB Volleyball. They got swept by Wright State. Three sets to zero. Not too good. And then Saturday, so two days ago, I was at a gambler's game. They lost seven to one, but it was the teddy bear toss. So that's really all that mattered. They scored a goal in like the first three minutes. They collected over 2000 teddy bears. Fun night overall. So that's all we got for that huge past two weeks for us. We don't look to slow down anytime soon. Drew will be doing his college athletes once every other week. We'll be keeping that bi-weekly and I'm sure we'll have more specials coming your way as well. Maybe a EWC one coming up soon. Another fantasy football one. I mean, we've got a lot of options and you guys got to stay tuned to our Instagram, I do have to make a formal apology. There's going to be two formal apologies in this episode. This is the first. I was really busy yesterday. Forgot to put up a Packers predictions challenge. So there was no Packers predictions for the Packers-Steelers game. My deepest apologies for that. We don't have a winner to announce on the podcast. That is our Instagram. Tons of stuff on there constantly. I mean, we're posting three, four times a week. A lot of good content on the Instagram, Facebook, whatever that is. Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, do whatever you want with us on there. YouTube, Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, follow us and leave five-star review on Apple Podcast. Did I miss anything or is it time for the stats of the week? You got it all, Jordan. Let's go to the stats of the week. It's time for the stats of the week. This one, fewer, a little outdated over a week, but still 
had to fit him in here. The Bears averaged 1.1 yards per play against the Browns, the second fewest by any team in a game this century. I mean, that is abysmal. Oh, just barely over a yard per play. I don't understand how they were this bad, but they were. Brown's defense was all over rookie Justin Fields. I believe they had nine sacks. It was eight or nine. Garrett had four and a half himself. So huge, huge game for the Browns. Packers 49ers was the most watched Sunday night football game since 2015. Over 21 million people watched that game, Drew. 21.1 million. We aren't going to talk about it this week, but Packers get the job done against the 49ers. Absolute ref show, though, in that game. Yeah, some really bad calls by the official. I think of the Devontae Adams one right away, the no call when the with the head-to-head contact. Oh, yeah. The tripping one was an interesting one, which we ended up not getting this week. So correct. Um, but the Packers, this this Sunday night game that we watched last last week that got the 21.1 million. Um, that might be passed on last night's game, Jordan, because we're recording right now, right before that game starts. It's Buccaneers and Patriots, and it's Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. So this actually might pass that game from last week, which would be shocking. It could. It very well could. The New England faithful is actually cheering for Tom Brady, which I think that's boring. They should be booing him all over. But, hey, so that's what they're doing there. Very well could pass it, and maybe we'll have another stat next week. A little baseball real quick. The Cardinals had their 16th win in a row, longest NL streak since the Giants in 1951. As for the Mets, they spent 103 days in first place, marking the most days in MLB history a team has been in first and finished with a losing record. So that's just, I don't know what happened to the Mets, but Jacob deGrom, I mean, are we going to see him back in full form next year, you think? I think we will. We saw Syndergaard at the end of the year, but yeah, to our Mets fans, it was a tough, tough way to end out the year. The second half was not the best, and that kind of just cost this team a run. And the future of like Luis Rojas, their manager. I don't. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Odds are he'll probably come back. I think, but I don't I know. Assume so. But yeah, it is a terrible end of the year for the Mets. Back to football now. Three more. Yesterday was Aaron Rodgers' first career start against the Steelers at Lambeau Field. Kind of crazy to think. Is the only team in the league he has not started against at home. I mean, Rodgers and Big Ben. They talked about it. Their only meeting was in that Super Bowl. Rodgers was injured twice when they played the Steelers in the regular season since then. Tom Brady, we just mentioned him a little earlier on, he is the most sacked quarterback in NFL history. Drew, I don't think that's the best stat to have, but it got him in our podcast. And it makes sense here with Tom Brady. I mean, when you played basically the longest out of any quarterback, you're going to accumulate a lot of sacks. So I think, I don't know, kind of a misleading stat. It's like players with the most at-bats of all time have a good chunk of like the most strikeouts of all time. You know what I mean? It's just the more, just kind of how it works. Very true. Very true. Last one, Trevor Lawrence. 0-4 start to his NFL career after that loss to the Bengals on Thursday night. Bengals-Packers at noon this Sunday. I am hyped. Joe Burrow's going to throw my all boy. over Aaron Rodgers. That's my boy. My third. It's, it's him and him, Baker. Him, ba- yes, him, Baker, and Rodgers. Those are the boys. So anyways, Trevor Lawrence, 0-4. That is as many losses as his entire high school and college years combined, but he had to expect it coming to the Jaguars. I mean, what did he expect? Yeah, I mean, he got drafted first overall, and usually um, it, it's it's an honor to be, but usually, I mean, there's a price you pay in the sense that you're going to be on a losing team probably right from the get-go, but like Baker, I mean, look how that turned around. So, I mean, there's always hope for Lawrence. It's just they got to build an offense around around him, which, I mean, they, they have some pieces, but 
They got to get that defense because, I, I mean, they're at a point where they've lost 19 straight games right now. So I, I, they got to get some – they got to turn something around here because the last time they won was week one of last year. And they posted some tweet, and they're 19-0 since that – or 0-19 is since that I tweet. I was going to so. say not 19-0, that's for sure. That'd be funny. Yeah. yeah, it's just – it's a blessing and a curse, though. I mean, you get drafted number one overall, but ugh, then you get stuck on that. Zach Wilson – I mean, talk about some upside. He had a huge game against the Titans. Overtime win for the Jets. We'll briefly mention it here in a minute. But the date today, October 4th. We're in October 2021. On this day, we got a few of them we're going to run through real quick. On this day, 1906, the Cubs beat the Pirates 4-0 to end the MLB season 116-36. A 7.63 winning percentage. Anyone going to be hitting that anytime soon? No, never. Now, that's insane. I mean, obviously, they didn't play the full amount of games back then of what they do now, but still, woo, 763 winning percentage. On this day in 1922, Grantland Rice does the announcing as the New York Giants and the New York Yankees Baseball World Series is broadcast for the first time over the radio. So that's a fun one there. And then let's go 14 years later on this day in 1936, 66,669 people pack Yankee Stadium game four of the World Series, Yankees beat the Giants 5-2, to two, winning the series 4-2. to two. So a little World Series action there as we get in the mood for MLB postseason. On this day in 1955, Dodgers win their first World Series, 2-0 victory over the Yankees, and the Dodgers had lost their previous seven World Series. So that is very, very bad, losing seven in a row. What they get, I mean, it wasn't in a row, but still, losing seven World Series appearances, they get this the job done in 1955 on the state, 1969. MLB held the first league championship game. So the NLCS, Mets beat the Braves in that one. And then the ALCS, the Orioles beat the Twins. 9-5, Mets over Braves, and 4-3, Orioles over the Twins. On the day, 1991, fun one here. The San Jose Sharks play their first NHL game in franchise history. 4-3 loss. However, their goalie... 48 saves in the game. So that is absolutely crazy. We're in hockey season, baby. We're getting there. Wild have a nice 0-2 start. And Drew, you're a Kraken fan this year, right? Oh, yeah, because they're, they're an expansion team. So I was yep. like, all right, well, I'm a new fan into hockey. So I might as well join the new team. So that's kind of what I decided to do. No one can call you a bandwagon for being a nope. Seattle Kraken fan. So hopefully they put out a big year. Maybe, in a, maybe a Stanley Cup appearance like the Golden Knights did in their first season. Now, on the same 2001, the year I was born, the Giants slugger Barry Bonds hits his 70th home run, 10-2 win over Houston, tying Mark McGuire for the most MLB home runs in a single season. I mean, you add up like 10 Brewers combined, and they didn't hit 70 home runs this year. Yeah, it was a tough year for the long ball for the Milwaukee Brewers, I'd say. Like, I, I believe, I think, didn't Avi Garcia Day finish with 29? I don't think he got to 30, so. I don't think so, no. I think. The 29 was the leader there. And then, I mean, Urias had a power surge this year. Well, I can actually just pull it up here, but like there, we'll talk about it later as well. Cause I mean, we have the Brewers end of the season report. We got to give of course, but yes. Yeah. These guys I'm on, I'm on it right now and we have, Oh, and of course I'm not on it. Um, well, team Brewers, we'll talk about it last, but we've got some football 23 though, for Urias, but Oh yeah. yeah. And 29 for bad. Garcia. So yeah, it was yeah. not bad, but not, not really great in a, offensive you know kind of league now 
Yeah, no, not at all. Especially, I mean, you're looking at guys like Yelich and stuff with the home run ball. It was not good at all. Low Kane, obviously, JBJ wasn't here to hit dingers, but I mean, you got Big Dan Volbach, you got Rowdy Telez, those guys will hit him whenever. But yeah, it just wasn't the best year. So now moving on, let's talk Packers right out of the way. As we're recording, the game just ended like half an hour ago. 27 17 win over the Steelers. And Drew, I wasn't too happy with this performance. You weren't too happy with this performance? No, it was a 10-point win. Felt like a blowout. But, I mean, this could have been so much more. Rodgers had two drives. I believe both were in the red zone where they ended in field goal. Aaron Jones had a fumble. Uh, The defense gave up a touchdown on the very first possession. Maybe a little of a push-off, but still gave up a touchdown nonetheless. Sure, they kind of blew him out for a while. Felt like a one-sided game. But I just feel like this could have been so much more. Okay, yeah, I I could say I wasn't happy with how they started and with how they finished other than... One guy I want to just say, I was awfully impressed with Eric, Eric Stokes. We, yes. we talked about him on the podcast right when they drafted him. We liked him, and look what happened. I mean, he played phenomenal this game, and uh, I just actually got an notification. Jair Alexander, we saw him get injured during the game. He has a shoulder injury, so there's a chance he's going to miss some time there. So sounds like a perfect opportunity for Stokes to keep stepping up because I noticed during the game, Big Ben was off, was really targeting the receiver who Stokes was covering, and Stokes he hung in there. He really held his own ground and he, he made some really nice plays defensively. But so that was kind of what, that was one thing I liked about this game. And I also like their defense in general. I thought they played a really good game defensively against big Ben. I thought they got to him pretty well and got made him kind of uncomfortable, but I mean, Najee Harris played a big game. I mean, the Packers run defense, you could say, I mean, they played like how they usually do. It was, it was okay, but they had, right. they had some occasional stops, but overall Packers defense, I, I was pretty content with the offense. Um, I, I was pretty happy with as well. Um, one play that stood out to me, of course, was how Randall Cobb, I mean, he had a big game himself, but he tried to catch Devonte Adams ball, which that could, have prevented, down, yeah. that could have prevented the other touchdown. If you look at it like that. But um, other than that, I, I was, I don't know. I was, I was content. That's how I put it. Oh yeah. I mean, I, it's a win. I'm not going to complain at all, but I just thought this could have been so much more than what it was. Randall Cobb, huge day for him. Five catches, 69 yards, two touchdowns. For the returning Packer, I mean, what a day for Randall Cobb with MVS out. Someone else had to step up, and it was Randall Cobb in this game, sitting pretty on my fantasy bench, so he gathered me a lot of points there, all good for nothing. And the other thing was Savage also went down with an injury, so that's going to be something we have to watch out for. Hopefully it wasn't too bad because, I mean, obviously we don't really care that King's gone, but King, Jair, and Savage all being out would be huge blows to this team, especially with a guy like Joe Burrow, who next week is not going to be afraid to throw the ball. So 27-17 win. Like I said, I'm totally fine with this win. I just thought that at the end of the day, this could have been much more than what it was. I mean, a huge 17-point second quarter. Maybe we're back in the second quarter. It's just we've started really slow this year, don't you think? Yeah, we've certainly have some slow drives to start. I, I think of, of course, you think of the dreadful game against the Saints, but I mean, that whole game was slow, but um, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. I want to point out a few things in the stats quickly. Eric Stokes led the team in tackles. He had eight wow. as a corner. That's impressive. I mean, that's going to happen when they're targeting it, you on one-on-ones and stuff. So yeah, and him. a lot of dink and dunk work by Ben, Big Ben, like the usual. And then also another thing here, the, the ground game, A.J. Dillon, 15 attempts for 81 yards compared to Aaron Jones, 15 attempts, 48 yards. So we see a really balanced we see it balance for both of those two backs in the rushing in, for the ground game, as well as receiving out of the back, out of the backfield as receivers. I mean, um, 
Let's look here. Aaron Jones, three receptions, 51 yards. And then AJ Dillon had only one reception though for 16 yards, but both of them are both threats out of the backfield as dual threats, I'd say as receivers and in the ground game. So I, I really like what they're doing this year with them, how they're using them both in different kind of different ways, but both kind of fairly similar ways as well. So they went for Jones on a touchdown one time. They tried to throw to him on just a little mm-hmm. out route in the end zone. Couldn't come up with it, but still. And also, I know some would argue that a lot of Dylan's carries came in kind of that, quote, garbage time, as they say, late oh, in the yeah. fourth quarter. But still, I mean, he made the most of it. He had some good runs in this game. This was his best game of the year, and I really can't complain. Last thing on the Packers, Big Ben is washed up, right? He's got to be done after this year. He Two easy deep throws to Juju, and he missed them both long. Yeah, and um, he made his act reaction was like Juju should have caught that ball. Juju, there's actually one point they showed us, they they showed him um, slamming this the Microsoft Surface to the ground. So that was that was great an interesting. That was a great shot that the cameraman got as well. And um, yeah, I I thought Ben Roethlisberger didn't really play play well. Um, I mean, twenty six or forty, um, one touchdown, one interception. His rate QBR was eighty three. All right, but like, I don't know. It's it's big Ben it's holds this team back. Doing all the work, he really holds this team back, Jordan. I think. Yeah. Um, I think Najee Harris really impressed me. He's such a strong runner. Took three or four guys to take him down. He'll be a he's going to be a great player. He already is a great player. But I mean, they have a great they have a pretty balanced receiving car. I mean, Deontay Johnson, you got to love him. He he played really well. He had that big touchdown against Alexander as well. That forty five yarder. And then one thing I want to talk to you about, Jordan. What did you think about that tripping call? Oh my, the no call. The That's no call, TJ. no tripping call. So Aaron Rodgers, I, okay, first of all, I was very proud of Aaron Rodgers. First quarter, second quarter, second quarter, I believe it was, when he actually rushed in for a touchdown, about mm-hmm. five yards out. That's something he didn't do in the NFC Championship game when he easily could have. So proud of him there. He was looking to do it once again. I believe this was the third quarter. Aaron Rodgers, third and goal, I'm pretty sure is what it was. He starts to run up. TJ Watt sticks his foot out. You know, Tony Romo's all over it. He called him for tripping. They throw a flag, refs discuss it, and they pull away the flag, and they say there is no call for tripping, which makes zero sense when you call it last week. Yes, it was an obvious call last week, but when is the last time you've seen a tripping penalty called in the National Football League? They call it against the Packers last week. This week, on I wouldn't say crucial, but on a big third and goal, they don't call it, and that's I don't understand this officiating crew. They're out to get us. Yeah, at first, I thought I thought it was a good good pick up on the flag and then I watch more replays and I was like, Ooh, that kind of looks intentional. So I was, I was shocked. They actually picked up that flag. I thought when it was down, I was like, okay, we'll, we'll take it here. But um, yeah, they, they pick it up and um, backers still come out with a dub, but certainly a controversial call this game or no call yeah, this game. Controversial, no call to say the least. But, yeah, it's Packers against the refs since the NFC championship game last year. And we can go long before that also. So I just wanted to talk real quick. My abysmal fantasy performance in the pod league this week. I, you know, I've got Baker Mayfield, Mike Davis, Eckler, who hasn't played yet, plays tonight. Allen Robinson, Tyler Lockett, Cook, tight end, hasn't played yet. Juju, Butker, Browns defense. I put up 52.7 points right now, and I only have my running back, Eckler, and my tight end, Cook, yet to play. Now, this is the, this is the good part, right? So I had four players play on my bench, Green, Watkins, Hooper, and McKissick. They put up 45.6 points between those four. And like we talked about last week with my sleeper league, this is just how fantasy goes, right? I mean, the players you don't play because you don't think they're going to do anything, go out and do everything. And then your starters just do nothing. 
that's the tough part of fantasy, Jordan, is when you draft just you think this such such great balance team and you don't know who all to start. And then you start the guys who are like, I made the right choice here. And then turns out you didn't. So I think that's especially for me when I used to play fantasy baseball, which I'm going to try to get back into. Um, that was always my issue. I would look at matchups and was like, hey, this is a great matchup. Let's take advantage of it. Put these guys in and just and it just it flops. It doesn't work. So that, mm-hmm. that's how fantasy goes some way sometimes. And that's just yeah. That's fantasy yeah. sports for you. Hey, but I'm 4-0 in my big fantasy league. That's what matters. So that's the big one I care about the most. And I'm unbeaten 4-0. Unless somehow last night, Mike Evans, I think he needed to get like 38 points or something. It's possible. You never know. Could have eight touchdowns against the Patriots. But I certainly doubt it. So let's move on to the Badgers real quick. This might be the last time we talk about the Badgers all year. They're Yuck. irrelevant at this point. 1-3, 38-17 loss to Michigan. Again, such a close game heading into the fourth quarter they're trailing it's not too bad i mean at halftime it was 13 to 10 not the end of the world 20 to 10 going into the fourth quarter Graham Mertz goes down with a rib injury before the end of the half he dropped two absolute dimes to dk but he goes out with an injury chase wolf comes into the game three of eight one touchdown one interception one fumble and michigan they just pounced all over us they're five and oh looking good in the badgers we just have no offense yeah, and kudos to that Michigan team. That was a really great Wolverines, Wolverines team that came into Camp Randall on Barry Alvarez Day. But, um, yeah, not not a great showing from Wisconsin. Um, defensively, they, they, they showed – I mean, they're a great defensive team. I mean, the first quarter, they really hung in there. Uh, one play that really stood out to me in the start, like, that cannot happen if you want to be a, a ranked team or be a competitive team in college football – was where they reward you. They, they punt the ball to you. And the guy, one of the guys on the special teams was not looking and deflects off of him. The Wolverines recover the ball on the five yard line. So they have a, they have five yards right there. All they need is just punch in. I think they actually only got a field goal out of that, but still, I, it do. Was, I think the goal line stood them up, but still it, it was a goal line stand, but that, that just can't happen. And um, this is the first time Badgers are one and three to open a season, which for since um, 1990, there's I'm a reading that. Of yeah, for you. there's one right there, and yeah, th- this I I don't know what's going on. Um, I mean, we we talk about um how quarterback play. Mertz was horrible in the first quarter. I picked it up in the second, but this they're they're not looking good. They can't beat ranked teams. They Graham Mertz cannot beat a ranked team, and I can't really blame all for him because I mean he got hurt this game, but still a frustrating loss. And this this Badger team, they still have to go to go to face number five Iowa at Iowa. This year, so I mean, the schedule. I mean, it gets easier. I, I gotta look it up, but you have a game down the road where that's gonna be a that's gonna be a stinker. So it's just not looking good for this Badger team right now at all. Yeah, I got a schedule right next to me here. So we got Illinois, Army, and then Purdue, and then that Iowa game on the thirtieth. So it's kind of a little easier, yeah. but then that Iowa game. Ugh. They'll get some momentum going, and then it's just going to all fall apart in that game, I think, which is going to suck. But I don't know. I, I probably won't watch that game. I'll be honest. Oh, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know not. if I'll watch the Iowa game. I'm kind of already giving up on them at this point. I'll find some other games to watch that are a little more interesting. And it's last thing on the Badgers. What are your thoughts on them now renaming Camp Randall? Um, What do I think? Well, I think Camp Randall had, I mean, the legacy with the stadium, I think, with Camp Randall, I, I don't know. I'm I'm indifferent about the name change, Jordan. I, I I like Badger football, but it's not something that won't like 
pain me to see them change their name, you know, for the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going at Barry Alvarez field, I believe is what they're going to be calling it now moving forward, which is kind of odd, but I guess you want to honor him for all he did for the team. So it's fine, I guess, but it'll all, it's just like Miller park. It'll always be camp Randall to me. It'll always be Miller park to me. You can't just go changing these things. So back down, we did NFL, we did college. Now let's go to the high school level. I just have to mention Oostberg. 51 to 0, absolutely demolished Manitowoc Lutheran. Lutheran had 32 rushing yards in the game. That's all we need to say for that one. Manitowoc Lincoln down 21 7 at the half at Menasha. Knew it would be a tough test. But then they just kind of let them go all over them in the second half. 49 7. So the score not quite dictating how close this game was in the first half. That's all we're going to say about that one as well. So back to the October 1st games now. KLC 54-14 to 14, beating Chilton. Robbie Michael 12 of 21. Two interceptions against Chilton. This is very unlike him. Is the Chilton defense really that good or was he just making bad throws, you think? The Chilton defense, they actually hung in there for the first two quarter, for the first, I believe, quarter and a half. And yeah, then it KLC was 16, just, eight after one, and then yeah. halftime it was 32 8. So, yeah, KLC ran away within the second half. I saw because KLC Youth fo- Football, shout out to them, they follow us on Instagram. So, we followed them back and uh, we yes. were able to, we were, che- I was checking out their story. And so, they give, they give you some nice scoring updates and they make some memes before the game. Some good stuff over there for KLC. Yeah. They made fun of us for our keel prediction over KLC, but your, my, yes, not Dang. ours. They are never your predictions. They are always my predictions. I can get all the blame for them. Robbie Michael, 19 carries, 260 yards with three touchdowns. So I think they maybe at the half, they just kind of gave up on throwing it and said, we're going to pull a Chase Mathias. And they did just that. Brilliant. Beats Ron Colley, 42 to nothing. This is a bad loss for Brilliant. But as I predicted, I thought there would be three Brilliant rushers with two or more touchdowns. Sam Galoff had two. Stabani had one. Um, Bastion had one. And then Banky. Had one is Mason Benke finishes the game at two carries, negative three yards with a touchdown. Talk about a stat line. So Brilliant gets the job done over Ron Colley as expected. This next one kind of shocked me a little bit. TR beats Keel 41 to 23. Chase Mathias, 263 yards with four touchdowns. First play of the game goes for 80 yards. Keel, 188 rushing yards, 49 in the air. But man, Keel goes down to TR and maybe TR is finally putting their stuff together. That for me was the biggest shock this week. Keel yeah. homecoming game. Uh, TR team comes in. It's a Raider versus Raider matchup. Chase Mathias, like you said, first play of the game. I watched this run. Uh, Robert Chimick actually sent me it. 80 yards. The dude just ran through. He ran through the middle and then he just cut back. He cut outside and then he just blew everyone. Off. He blew everyone away. And it was just an impressive run to see. And now he's over. He's at 1,583 rushing yards. Jesus. Oh, he's, he's, my goodness. He is setting uh, – he's doing things that you don't see every day. I guess that's the best way to put it. He's He's got Robbie Michael beat by basically 500 yards on the ground. I mean, granted, Robbie Michael's the quarterback, but still, he's known for the, his ground game. And that's my player of the year this year. It's tough because, obviously, I think it should go to Robbie Michael. I, I, obviously, Robbie Michael. Mm-hmm. But I think Chase Mathias is – any other year would be a deserving candidate, but like when you're against Robbie Michael, it's like the MLB AL MVP race. It's when you have Fernand or not, you have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and then yes. you have Shohei Otani, and you have Otani doing things you that haven't been done before, and then you also have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. doing things that haven't been done before with uh, hitting ho- the home runs 22 or younger and almost triple crown. 
just things like that. And yet he's not going to win the MVP award. And kind of like that here, where I think Robbie Michael gets, I think he obviously gets conference player of the year and Chase Mathias will just be running. I mean, he'll be first team unanimous, but still he just, that's just how it is. Well, and it's also one of those things, Robbie Michael is doing it on his feet too. I mean, he's throwing dimes. He's only throwing a few interceptions, but he's also running the ball an insane amount. And it's kind of the same. Compare him to Otani almost in a way. Otani's pitching. He's not pitching gems. I mean, he's not the best pitcher in the world, but he, the dude can hit dingers good. too. So yeah, it's really all that matters at the end of the day. They're both great, great two-way players and not two-way playing offense and defense, but Michael just playing running back and quarterback. Basically. Dual threat, yeah. Yes, Robbie Michael I mean, for player of the year. He's unstoppable. There's really nothing you can do about it. And so what? He throws two interceptions in a game. Big deal. Woohoo. New Holstein beats Valders 38-8. to A little of a stunned one here. Valders goes down by 30 for their homecoming game. Any other comments on any of the games this week? Yeah, I or thought that, Val- that happened, I should say. Well, Valders, that was, that was a game where we thought um, that could be close, but they were able to have some big plays for as like – New Holstein, the passing game, they were able to get some big plays there. They had a 32-yard reception. They had um, two reception. One guy, Noah Hausler, two reception, 37 yards. So this New Holstein team is really known for their balanced rushing attack. And kind of like we saw, yeah, and yet we saw them doing something they usually don't do. So they must have saw something in that Valder's defense, and they they were passing. Um, Henry Schnell was throwing the ball this game, and uh, it ended up working out pretty well for this team. And yeah, I mean, rest of the way out, they ran the ball, but. Kind of a bummer for Val um, for Valors. We were rooting for them on homecoming. We were, I was wishing the boys good luck, and um, they were able to at least get the, a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Um, R.J. Jeffrey was able to punch one in, and yeah, they were able to put up eight for homecoming in the fourth at least. But looking forward to next week, they they got Keel next yes, week. So we're gonna go into that right now. Let's talk about them coming up this Friday, October eighth, KLC is at New Holstein. It'll be a little of a test for KLC, but I still think they win by 20 points, huh? Yeah, I think KLC. I think KLC by more, maybe. I think KLC really? could. Okay, interesting. Chilton is at Brilliant. Brilliant's going to run through Chilton in this game. No problems, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Keel is at Valders, and that's going to be tough. Keel's coming off a loss. Valders also coming off. Both are actually coming off homecoming losses, so they both want to prove themselves, but I think Keel gets the job done at Valders, sadly. Yeah, like we talk about it every week with this Valor's team. It's about how they stop the run. If they can stop the run, they can win. They can win. They got to put some points up, of course, too. But, you know, you never know. Valders, they just like, I can't emphasize enough. They got to stop the run. Stop the run. Yeah. And Keel, you never know. They could be just going downhill all of a sudden. Speaking of stopping the run, Ron Colley heads to two rivers, and that should be about as one way of a blowout as it can get. Chase Mathias might put up another. 400 in this game yeah i i don't know i like he was running fourth quarter with three minutes left so um if, if he's running if he's running the whole game yeah i don't see why not i think chase mathias against this ron Colley defense could have a big game like he did against valors or i how dare i say it maybe even a bigger game if he's able to run the whole game hey i don't see why not why do you do you think they're just keeping in him because of stats wise is that the only thing they're doing I'm, at this point they just know how hot he is um, I'm, I wasn't sure why he was still in that game. Maybe, maybe he, there was a record that he was going for. I, I don't, maybe the coaches, I mean, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe they wanted to get right. the score up I even more, but I, I mean, he's heck of a, he's a heck of a player. So I, I mean, if you, if you have him on your team, you might as well give him the ball, you know, but yeah, maybe they want to give fantasy him, team. I could use and, him. 
Yeah, plus he's only a sophomore. So, I mean, there's not like a younger running back who needs more experience. I mean, he's the back for the next two years. So, after this. So, it's not like you need – I don't know. It's not like they need to have another guy get ready for next year. So, I think him being younger allows them to kind of just like utilize him more because he's their future, you know? I think they, I think that's partly the reason. Yeah, and then also they're going to get him a lot of attention from this year especially. And as long as he can keep it up, he's going to be – just fine it's just hopefully nothing stupid happens you know you're up 52 to 3 and all of a sudden he gets injured and he's out for the year that's not what you want at all but it's all we got for high school more coming up next week obviously we love our high school sports and season's winding down sadly but then we get into basketball which is a ton of fun to follow so brewers let's round off with brewers and then we got a little special edition of trivia coming up i mean brewers did not do well at all this week, but these games didn't matter. Brewer fans are freaking out for no reason. We don't need the offense to be doing anything this week, this past week. It didn't matter. We lost to the Cardinals, got swept. Uh, or actually, we beat them 4-0 one game. We got swept by the Dodgers, 10-3, 8-3, and 8-6. Then we lose 4-3, 6-2, and win 4-0 against the Cardinals. So a 1-5 week means that our predictions challenge is tie at 12. Oh. I mean, you couldn't have written anything better than this i started off the year so hot i was like eight you won the first week and then i think i was leading like seven to one or eight to one or i mean it was a yep. crazy amount then you won then i won two more times and then you all of a sudden mounted your comeback four or five in a row then we were pretty even then you pulled away and now i win the last two weeks to tie things up i have a tiebreaker for us but first any kind con- uh, first of all this is where my second apology comes in a formal apology to you, Mr. Corbin Burns, at our MLB midseason special. I said, I mean, we both kind of thought that maybe he couldn't we, be able we to both keep said this it. up. And I also said that Freddie Peralta is a better pitcher than him. But Corbin Burns wins the MLB ERA title, the first championship, ERA championship for the Brewers. I mean, great things from Corbin Burns. He only went two innings in Saturday's game, gave up a three-run shot. But thankfully, I don't even remember who the other guy was in second place. But he Max blew Scherzer. It. Yes, Max Scherzer. That's who it was. Yep. He blew it, gets the job done, and hey, I mean, we did terrible this week, but these games really didn't matter. Keston Hero was playing in a game, so that's how you know. Yeah, that's really how you know these games don't matter, Jordan. Um, one thing for me, I will defend our Corbin Burns take because solely based on the fact with stats and the spin rates were going down, Corbin Burns' spin rate was down significantly, but gradually after the All-Star break, pitchers spin rates crept back up, back up to not, not where they, the peak they were, but they were creeping back up. So I think that played a part. Corbin Burns, um, his spin rate was still able. It was still high. It was still really, really good for, I don't know what percentile it was. It was still in the top percentile in spin rate. Very high, yeah. yeah. So I think in his, the, in our defense, we didn't expect that change in spin rate to happen again, but again, we were wrong and we admit when we're wrong here on this podcast, but we also like to admit when we're right, like with the Willie Thomas acquisition. Oh, we absolutely. That's we all you, that. especially too. I mean, I was a little on the fence about it at first and even in now we do have to mention Devin Williams punches a wall. He's mm-hmm. out for the rest of the postseason, So that's really where I still kind of go back to that and say, fire Eisen, Rasmussen, especially fire Eisen, We could really use him right now. But he's gone. We got we got Willie Adams. Hopefully, able to get some run support if we do get in some trouble. Let's talk about the bullpen now coming up for the postseason. No, no. Let Let's talk about what are we gonna do for a lineup, right? So thinking about it, game one is Friday. We're gonna be there. This is gonna be fun. We're gonna be yes, at we NLDS game one 
thinking it's going to be an afternoon game, but we don't know for sure yet. Not revealed at the time of recording. So Burns or Woodruff pitching game one? You go, you're going to go Woodruff game one because Burns pitched this. I mean, granted, there's a, there's a layoff here. You're going to go Woodruff game one just because. Okay. And it's kind of just rewarding him too, right? He's been our ace. He started mm-hmm. off the year, past few years he started. And it's you're playing back-to-back days. So who, what does it really matter? If one guy pitches one day, one guy pitches the next. So we got Woodruff pitching, Narvaez catching, correct? Yes, it would be Narvaez, I think. And then who are we going to have at first base? This is where it gets a little interesting. So Escobar? I think I think the Braves, um, they're going to start um, Ian Anderson by, is my potential um, guy who they're going to start, who's a righty. Um, so you, that would mean Narvaez, and that would obviously, I think, I think Dan would be Dan Vogelbach would be okay. That the one sense. we would see. But there's also a chance. I got to think here. Um, I mean, you could kind of swap them out too if you need to put Rowdy in halfway through or something. And also, Charlie Morton might be the one who's pitching as well. So there's there's two righties there who are gonna, and we'll see like Tuki Toussaint and Huskar. You know, uh, so we'll like there's like four or five righties we'll see, or Max Max Freed as well. So like that's the rotation basically. So that's like four righties, one lefty. We're gonna probably see majority right, righties this series. So I would expect to see a lot of. Yeah, I, I mean, how you you ordered it. I mean, we could see Dan there. We might even see Escobar at first, like you just said too. I think. Da- I think. You, I, I think. Or do we that, put Escobar at third? I think you put Arias at third. We're putting. I think you reward him for his year, right? Put him at third base. You can always swap yeah. him out. But then my question is, Escobar, he doesn't really have a spot in this lineup. I mean, I guess he'll be playing in a few games, but he won't be playing every I, game. And I take back what I said. No, Jordan, this is what's going to happen. I think I, I take back. Sorry, Dan, Big Dan Vogelbach, you're not going to start. They're going to put. Him and Telez are going to be both used off the bench as pinch hitters. We might see yes. a double switch or something to work them in the game, but we're going to see primarily we're going to see um, Escobar at first. We're going to see Urias at third, Adamas at short, of course. And then the outfield's going to be Yelich, Kane, and Garcia. And then they'll play JBJ a little, but they I just think can't rely on him. JBJ comes in, Jordan. This is when he comes in. It's going to be, he's going to come in a double switch. And he will come in. The only reason he'll be a part of the double switch is because he will pinch run if um, Vogelbach or Telez get on base. So that's kind of like where that. we work him in, I think. I mean, is- yeah, that's fair. I think what we should do instead is put JB in and JBJ in in like a 1-1 game, you know, bottom of the ninth inning. We need a pinch hitter. Then we put JBJ in. I think that's a better choice. Yeah, we could do that too. Um, but <laughs> If we want to lose. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Jace Peterson as well as a guy who we could see in pinch hitting opportunities. Tyrone Taylor reliable, might make yeah. against the left-handed a left lefty. We might see even like a guy like Tyrone Taylor start. Like if Max Freed's pitching, let's say game three, there, odds are we might see him maybe for a game. We might see Manny Pena True. even start a game. Like if it's game three of the NLDS. But um, I think that's kind of be how they work that out, and then. I want to talk more about this rotation, Jordan. We said Woodruff game yes. one. We would assume that Burns game two, right? Mm, yeah, has to be. Of course. Peralta game three. Yep. And then if it goes to a game four, you either... I, I don't know... Which I think it does, by the way. I think this is more than three. I think it goes more than three, too. I think um, you could piggyback Hauser and Lauer. Both have been phenomenal this year. I'm No I, Anderson, though. Anderson. I don't know, even know if Anderson makes the roster. I think they used no, him today. I don't in that think one, so. One in each scenario, just to kind of like... Yeah, I don't think he makes it, but a Lauer and Hauser. Lauer, 3.19 ERA. Hauser, 3.22 ERA. How dare I use the ERA as a stat, but I did. Um, those two, they're going to piggyback each other. I think you can start. You start Lauer. You bring in Hauser for like middle relief. And then this is where we would love to have Devin Williams. But as, as oh, yeah. you mentioned, um, 
Uh, they celebrated, and then on the way home, he got mad about something, punched the wall, and broke. He was hand. also drunk, so there's well, his excuse. yeah, but can't do that. Can't do that. No, absolutely not. Especially in this scenario, if this was like you know July or June or even early August, and he would have been fine, but not this time. I mean, this is worst time possible. So you've got Boxberger, who I still do not rely on too much. I don't. He's been iffy. You got Suter. You got Cousins. You got Ashby, but that's putting Ashby in a tough spot. If it's like a 2-1 game, Brewers up, and we're in the top of the eighth inning, and Ashby's pitching, that's a tough spot. That's a lot of pressure to put him in. It really is, and that might he might have to assume that role here, Jordan. And might have to. I mean, we mentioned, like you mentioned, the guys who we're going to probably see, like we're going to see um, Cousins, we're going to see Boxberger, and, the, and Strickland in that scenario, and those middle Oh, yeah, relief. I forgot Strickland. And then and Strickland's been great, so I I mean why why not see him there? And then we'll also see well of course we'll see Hayter take the ninth then, and I think we might even see Hayter go two innings here. I mean, he yeah, might go that's eighth what and some ninth. People are saying that's but why I, that's risky because then he's not going to be able to pitch as much. Mm-hmm. And that might be I mean he hasn't worked that much at all this year at all Hayter innings wise. No. Let, let's look at how many innings fifty seven and two thirds not much at all. No. So and Suter's worked seventy two innings, Boxberger sixty four. So like there it's a by a wide margin. I mean he's. He's been like not worked much at all. So I, I would be fine with seeing Hayer go multiple innings, but I mean, with that being said, Jordan, do you have anything else to talk about? Bruce not really. Thought? I mean, I just think it's a little scary, our bullpen at the moment, but it's more scary is the offense. If, if they're going to show up or not, because our starting pitching can go six, seven innings. Most of the time, even if you go five innings and you got to throw a few extra guys in there, but they allow one to three runs tops. And it's down to our offense. If, if they can consistently put up two or more runs, I don't care if we win every game, 2-0, 2-1, 3-2. As long as we're winning and getting some runs, they've been hitting dingers lately. I mean, Urias, as long as he's playing and staying hot, Arvaez, he's going to be doing great things. Garcia, if he's, we see him in the rotation as well. Hopefully Kane can have some big at-bats. Wong's been super consistent. Adamas, he's doing all right. Can't go wrong with Escobar. Big Dan loves his pinch hits. So I think we're going to be okay. But I think this is a tough first series against the Braves. And I was going to talk about the postseason a little, unless you had any more Brewer stuff. Go ahead. Talk some postseason. So let's do it. The bracket, we know. What a wild card game. It was... Yankees and Red Sox coming up in the wild card. But what a race in the AL. Four-team tiebreaker we almost had. But the stupid <sighs> Yankees had to hit a walk-off and ruin us of that. That would have been awesome. It would have been. But sadly, we don't get it. Yankees and the Red Sox in a wild card game, though. I can't complain. And then on our side, we've got the Dodgers and Cardinals. This is interesting. Cardinals have been hot. Dodgers win against a Brewers team who really didn't care, didn't need the wins. Who are you picking in these wild card games? So I'm going. I think these are I'm just going for fun, by the way. They're not Yan- coming yeah. anything. Yankees and Dodgers. Okay. I was going to go Red Sox and Dodgers. Of course you are. I Well, the Red Sox were so the hot Red Sox to start the year. They were so hot. And then they just kind of plateaued. And now they're iffy. But you can't go wrong with the Yankees Red Sox game. I think Dodgers over Cardinals is a lock. I think the Cardinals have their hourglass has run out. And then we get Dodgers, Giants, Brewers, Braves, Astros, White Sox, and Yankees, Rays. What's our World Series looking like? Um, I first want to point out before I make my World Series thing that we've seen teams who have had hot Septembers continue that into the postseason and hot like October as well. And there is a chance. I mean, we saw 2019 Nationals. There's a shot here. This St. Louis team, how dare I say it? But they could, I think they could make it to the NLCS. Bold, but like they could. I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened because that Cardinals are annoying. Know. 
Cardinals find weird ways to win games. I don't want that to happen, Jordan. Like, don't get me no. wrong. I hate the Cardinals. I do not want that to happen, but I could see it happening. But you talk about World Series prediction. I got to say the Brewers for the NL because that's kind of I can't can't say predict I mean, against I'm my not, own team. I'm not going to pick them, but I think they have a chance. I'm going to go Brewers. You know, I I I like that White Sox team, but that's what I'm doing. I, I would be cool with the Brewers White Sox World Series, but yeah, I, I was going Giants White Sox. I think um, the Rays could sneak in there too. I don't want to just pick the guy teams for high seeds because we know how that work, this works in baseball. Yeah. I don't see that Astros team making it to the World Series. I, I just I just don't. Um, the Giants team they certainly could, but I like the Brewers over the Giants in a in a seven game series. I really do. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I think Giants go to the World Series and beat the Brewers in a close series, probably go six or seven. But I think White Sox or Rays, like you said, have a good chance of making it out. Astros, they're, I really don't think they're going to do a whole lot. Yankees would have a better chance over the Rays than the Red Sox, but I don't know. I mean, I still think Red Sox beat the Yankees in a game. We're going to have to see, but I think a lot of people are picking Giants to go to the World Series, which sucks as a Brewer fan. But the Giants have been hot this year, and they're really, we can't say enough good things about them. So anything else, or are we making our predictions challenge now, the tiebreaker? NLDS prediction challenge, and we have to predict the games, who I think would be fair, because because what if we, I don't know. I was just going to do Brewers-Braves, so here's my well, No, idea, I'm right? saying like Brewers-Braves, but I think we predict like like who wins, like you're just saying what way they win, like in, like who wins what games. Oh, okay. I understand that. My idea, I'll present it real quick, and then we can decide. We didn't talk about this, so this is going to be interesting. My idea was going to be we flip a coin once again. You would call the coin. If it's whatever you call, then you get to go first or second, whichever we want. And then we predict who wins the series and how long it goes. Let's and then the second person can't pick the same answer because that's what happens if you lose the coin toss. Okay, sure. I just doing was thinking, that? yeah, let's let's end up doing that. I, I think that'd be a lot more easier to um, a lot remember, simpler, I guess. Yeah, a lot more yes. simplistic. So you're going to call right now, heads or tails. Tails. Siri, flip a coin. Tails. Yes. It is tails. So just to clarify, once again, you are picking who wins the series and how many games it goes. Who wins really doesn't matter too much because we're both picking Brewers. Brewers and four. Brewers and four. All right. That is a safe bet. Three (laughs) games to one. So, and just for fun, what game are the Brewers going to lose? I say they lose game three in Atlanta. Okay. That is a fair guess. I... I'm going to go Brewers in five. I think the Brewers drop game two and game three, and then their bats come around again and they win the last two. So I'm going Brewers in five, and you are going Brewers in four. So there we go. That's our tiebreaker. There's no way. No, well, I shouldn't say that. The only way we would have to go to NLCS tiebreaker is if that doesn't happen and the Brewers would win in three. So that's the only way that we would still end in a tie, but it is 12-12 right now, and it is time for some trivia. Our trivia this week, a very special edition of trivia, Brewers postseason trivia. Oh boy! Here we go. Five questions, just like usual, and we are going to do this. I made this one up, and this is probably our last specialty because we've been doing a lot of specialties, and we got to get back on track for our 50. So this will be this will be. Th- 30 and we still have one two three okay i can have one more special yet because we have three spin the wheels yet so here we go brewers postseason trip question one this will be the blank consecutive season the crew have made the playoffs fourth there you go a nice easy way to get things going 
Now, true or false, the Brewers lost the last game of the regular season last year, but still made the playoffs. True. That is true. That was a wild game. I believe we played the Cardinals. And if we won, we would have got in. But if we lost and someone else had to lose, we lost the last game. We still made it in the playoffs. So I have no problem making it in the playoffs on a loss as long as you make it. Next question. This one should be simple as well. Who did the Brewers lose to in the 2018 NLCS? The Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. We want to forget about that series. All right. Three of three. Great start. Two more. Before the 2018 NLCS run, how many consecutive seasons did the Brewers miss the playoffs? Is it three? Is it six? Or is it eight? Can you repeat? Oh, it was how many consecutive? How, how many straight years have they missed the playoffs? Yes. So before been, that 2018, because it would have been 2011 to 2018. So, what was the or my choices? Three, six, or eight? You're leaning towards six. Yeah, I take six then. That is correct. It was indeed six seasons. So four of four. This is very, very good. Our final question. The AL champion, Milwaukee Brewers, made the World Series in what year? 1975. Oh, go for it. Sorry. I hate to toot my own horn here. They lost in seven games to the St. Louis Cardinals in 1982. Absolutely perfect. A five of five. In the trivia, that is a man right there who knows his stuff. 21 of 30 now. You are crawling back up there. This isn't bad. Yeah, we'll take it. I, I like this week of trivia. I mean, Brewers postseason, you don't have much to choose from. So that's why it's kind of pretty easy, easy on my end. But yeah, I'll take a five out of five, no matter how I get it. You know, and there's some people who are Brewer fans who definitely didn't know about the World Series or about last year, even on the loss. I think most Brewers fans remember that 2018 NLCS, but who remembers what time we made the season before that? I mean, there were some questionable ones in here, but a perfect five of five. And that wraps things up. 21 of 30 now in season three of trivia, maybe primed for your best season yet. Cause if, I believe you were 30 of 50 in the first two. That would be correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're well on pace to break that and have, Oh my goodness. Season three of trivia to be the best one yet. That's all we got this week. So stay tuned guys. Two days from now, Episode two of Drew's College Athlete Spotlight. Spencer Strike, you want to preview that a little? What's Spencer Strike? Where does he go to college? What's he do? Yeah, so Spencer Strike, uh, D3 college athlete. He's actually running Division three cross, cross country at St. Norbert. So we had Johnny Timon from St. Norbert who's doing track and field. But we'll have today a cross country runner in Spencer Strike. I mean, it'll be Wednesday, so in two days. But yeah, it'll be a great, great talking about cross country. We'll talk about his high school. He went to Mantua Lutheran. And yeah, so it'll be some good stuff basketball guy strike out cancer night we loved that you were there for that i mean good times all around and then this coming friday brett damro coach of volleyball 500 wins which is surreal but he gets 500 wins and he gets on our podcast what a reward for him to get on our podcast from his 500th win so that's all we got drew show yourself out yeah you know the drill instagram twitter drew skyberg d-r-e-w-s-k-y-b-e-r-g i am on the twitter as well jordan law underscore p-x-p all we got this week i don't have anything else to promote because i'm not announcing for a while i got a weekend off which is very good refresh my voice get ready to go for some hockey and then hopefully i get my basketball schedule soon and we can work some things out going to be fun times jordan and drew live on air wmt wcub you name it we'll be there and we'll be having some fun games shirts coming your way drew's home this weekend so he'll be handing a bunch out look out for the instagram we got a lot of fun posts jordan underscore sports crew long-winded finale but that's all we got thank you all for listening to episode 30 of jordan and drew the sports crew the perfect 
podcast for you.